All right, this is uh, True News 365. Thanks for joining me once again. Today, I want to continue on on the series that I told that I said I would continue on uh, pretty much the from this point on uh, discussing what I believe to be the beast system. Uh, this podcast title will be Revelation. The beast of revelation is now. Okay. Because I do believe that we are currently in the beast system and we have been for a very long time. Um, it's just a matter of the progression, seeing the progression. I think that the signs of the last time are basically surrounded uh, um, uh, around um, the hatred of the church for Christ and by consequence, um, how they treat the church, the true, true church of Christ the one that is said in scripture to be the one that Christ is coming back for. That's the church that I'm referring to. And so the spiritual church of Christ, the question is, is um, the signs of the times I would have to say that really revolve around how much the world hates Christ and his people. Okay. Um, and of course the increase of lawlessness, the increase of evil in the world, the increase. Now we know that in times past, it's always been um, uh, catastrophes in the world and hurricanes and increased and decreased here and situations going on in the world. Today we have what people call climate change, where the face of the earth seems to be um, changing. It seems to be there's things happening all over the world that have not been happening in in decades. So it almost seems like there's a culminating effect of disasters and stuff like that as per the world. Of course, people compare this to uh, thousands of years before of those people who believe in thousands of years of Earth time. Um, nevertheless, what we see is that... Um, the world, uh, the Bible does talk about in the last days, evil will increase in the last days. There'll be, it'll be like birth pangs on the earth, uh, calamities and things like that happening in, in the face, on the face of the earth. And so this might end up being a one or two series podcast at this point. I want to get into it. It's more of a conversational thing, although I do have uh, uh, a lot here that is scripted. Um, but nevertheless, uh, I'll go as far as I can because um, this is incredibly interesting and it's incredibly relevant to today. Okay, I do believe that um, eschatology is um, relevant in every generation. And if, if, uh, it were, if it weren't, then perhaps it shouldn't even be in our book. Uh, although there is historical um, importance to every single book of the Bible. But nevertheless, I do believe that Revelation, even the book of Revelation, is has... Uh, uh, importance and context within every single generation um, before the coming of the Lord. Okay, so that being said, let's get into this. First, let's look at what is meant by uh, the man of lawlessness. Okay, the man of lawlessness. A, the man of lawlessness is considered a world leader, Antichrist, who runs the B system. Okay, it's mentioned in Second uh, Thessalonians chapter two by Paul. Uh, yet it's called also called the Antichrist by John. And I'm going to have to take uh, a break here because now my dog just decided to start barking and he could be barking at the cat. Uh, please hold. So, yeah, he's a uh, world leader, Antichrist, who runs the beast system. OK, um, Paul says, calls him the man of lawlessness and and uh, uh, John refers to him as Antichrist. OK, we're going to see that a comparison between what Paul is describing in 2 Thessalonians 2 and what we see revealed in, uh, to John in Revelation 13 is not only similar, and we can see they're talking about the same thing, but Paul gives more, uh, a more human identity to the evil that's coming, and John gives a more governmental power entity and more of an identity for the evil that's coming in terms of a global power, a beast. In the Old Testament, the, the, the phrase the beast was in reference to um, governments and, and glo uh, power, global power at the time, right? Um, but in John's ep epistles, 
he identifies Antichrist as persons um, and also as a spirit, uh, spirit as lies. He refers to Antichrist as lies and false prophecies, among other things. Uh, John's identity, his identification of the Antichrist in 1 John is extensive. He goes into great lengths to describe what is Antichrist, and he alludes to not only Antichrist as being a person, but also a spirit and an attitude of false identification, as in deception and false prophets, etc. In 1 John 1.7, he says, Many deceivers have gone out into the world, refusing to confess the coming of Christ in the flesh. This is alluding to false religion, philosophies, and Gnosticism, which was rampant in those days. 1 John 2.18, the Antichrist is coming, although many have already come. This is alluding to a final one who is yet to come. In 1 John 2.22 and in John, 1 John 4.3, he's pretty much saying that anyone who denies the incarnate Christ, Jesus Christ, as being the Christ, is a liar and the spirit of Antichrist. They're not from God. That's what he's saying. And the spirit of Antichrist is even now in the world okay so um so in second uh thessalonians paul is talking to the thessalonian church about people who have communicated false teaching about christ's return he's saying that he hasn't come because of two requirements of two things that have to come first he first says the apostasy the apostasy must come first and then he says the appearing of the man of lawlessness uh, number one, the apostasy, he says, must come first. He has to be referring to the apostasy of those who believe in Christ because uh, he can't be referring to anything involving 70 AD or Israel because most of them didn't believe in Christ. So he has to be speaking about mainly Gentiles. Okay, number two, the appearing of the man of lawlessness. Okay, this person is said to blaspheme and sit in the seat of the temple of God. But is this referring to a physical temple or a spiritual temple? Okay, pre-mill folks, pre-millennials um, see this as a physical temple. So then every time news happens concerning the Dome of the Rock, they're at the edge of their seats and they can't see anything happening until some evil character tries to take over a third temple, which hasn't even been, been built and probably won't. So if you say that God, say they, they nest in, 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 in reality, they can't say God can come. Christ can come at any time because they still need this third temple of which the Antichrist is supposed to sit in. So that happens to be a problem. And, and if I'm mischaracterizing the pre-mill folks, I was a pre-mill folk until maybe six months ago. And that's what I used to think, you know, you know, maybe I was the, I was, that was only me, but, but whatever. Okay. Um, but even if, if it is built, the return of a sacrificial system will make null and void a whole lot of the words of Paul and any reference to Christ being the true temple, as well as a lot of what's written in the book of Hebrews concerning the former things being a shadow of things to come. It has to be spiritual if it's going to go with the aforementioned apostasy of true believers in Christ of any greater number, because we know that it doesn't make much sense for Paul to be talking about an apostasy of any real size or magnitude if most people in Jerusalem in those days didn't even believe in him as a true Messiah. In fact, they, they rejected him. That's why AD 70 happened. And then Paul continues to talk in a language that resonates with the language of Paul in Revelation 19 when it says that this person will come into power in the power of Satan himself, but God will defeat him with the breath of his mouth. So this is similar to Revelation 9, 20, uh, uh, Revelation chapter 19, 20 through 21. And I recommend that, you know, you bring up paper and pen or paper, pen and pad, because uh, I'm going to be going through certain scriptures and stuff like that. And, and if you want to follow along, that would make it a lot uh, easier for you to, to keep up. Okay, so reading Revelation 19, starting at verse 20, and the beast was captured, and with it, the false prophet who, who in its presence 
had done the signs by which he deceived those who had received the mark of the beast and those who worshipped its image, these two were thrown alive into the lake of fire that burns with sulfur, and the rest were slain by the word sword that came from the mouth of him who was sitting on the horse, and all the birds were gorged with their flesh. So compare this to Second Thessalonians 2 8. Then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will eliminate with the breath of his mouth and bring to an end by the appearance of his coming. Okay? Then that lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will eliminate with the breath of his mouth and bring to an end by the appearance of his coming, that is, the one who is coming in accordance with the activity of Satan, with all power and false signs and wonders, and with all the deception of wickedness for those who perish because they did not accept the love of the truth so as to be saved. Verse 11, For this reason God will send upon them a deluding influence so that they will believe what is false in order that they all may be judged who did not believe in the truth but to pleasure in wickedness. This is final judgment talk. This is like the end of the end type talk, at least the way it sounds to me. Those people here sound a lot like those who are fooled and worshipped and follow the beast in Revelation 13, and who ultimately are eternally damned because they're marked for damnation. So let's read um, 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 3 through 12, okay? And then we're going to try to break it down as to what we see here in comparison to Revelation 13, okay? 2 Thessalonians 2, the word of the Lord. No one is to deceive you in any way. For it will not come unless the apostasy comes first and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction, who opposes and exalts himself above every so-called God or object of worship, so that he takes his seat in the temple of God, displaying himself as being God. Do you not remember that while I was still with you, I was telling you these things? And you know what restrains him now so that he will be revealed in his time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is removed. Then that lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will eliminate with the breath of his mouth and bring to an end by the appearance of his coming. That is, the one whose coming is in accord with the activity of Satan, with all power and false signs and wonders, and with all the deception of wickedness for those who perish, because they did not accept the love of the truth so as to be saved. For this reason, God will send upon them a deluding influence so that they will believe what is false, in order that they may be judged who did not believe the truth, but took pleasure in wickedness. Okay? It's talking about, number one, an apostasy. Number two, a wicked ruler coming who's extremely blasphemous number three he sits in the temple of god physical temple or spiritual temple if it's spiritual temple it's talking about among the saints right number four something is restraining him so that he'll be revealed at a particular time who's a restrainer i believe i believe it's the holy spirit when number five, when the restrainer is moved out of the way, then the evil ruler or evil system will be revealed. I think this flows naturally um, as a, a progressive process of end times and God being fully in control of what happens and when. Number six, this evil person or power will be destroyed as God destroys evil in Revelation by the breath of his mouth, which could only mean by true or which could also mean by truth or the word of god that's could that's what it could mean by the breath of his mouth also the sword of the spirit we know in 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 revelation it says the sword right and the sword we know the sword is the spirit the 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 word of god so it's pretty much the same thing number 7 and god will put an end to this evil by his appearing his coming his arrival this is the second coming right if this evil is the culmination of all evil then god is putting away all evil forever and this is the last judgment okay number eight notice verse nine identifies further this evil one or thing slash system as being aligned with the activity of satan and sounds a lot like the deception 
of the second beast in Revelation 13, with lying wonders and deception for the people in final judgment upon the earth. What I notice here is that while Second Thessalonians speaks of a similar evil man or a system, Revelation 13 sounds the same but makes it sound less like a man but a beast system or like a monster, while in Second Thessalonians it sounds more like that of a man. And this is why I believe that you can't take the beast or the Antichrist exclusively to be a man, but you have to see it as all of these possible things because Scripture is foggy and elusive in its language, describing it to be different yet the same thing. Antichrist is a concept, a false identity, a blasphemy, a, a false prophecy, an evil ruler. He's a denier of truth, a spirit. It's a beast. It's a power. It's a nation, right? If you take into context the Old Testament, that's what a beast was referred to. It's all of these things. It's very coded, and it could be coded because this is how it was handed down to John from Jesus Christ. And then John being exiled in Patmos under the rulership of a beast system, which was Rome, had to carefully code his messages to the churches. Remember, he wrote in chapter 1 of Revelation to the churches. He couldn't openly call Caesar Antichrist, but he could describe his rulership as a beast system. And this was familiar language to first century Jews because it was prophetic, as in Daniel, Ezekiel, and Isaiah. They would have known, they would have recognized this type of language and known what he was talking about. And then there's a, a now yet prophetic message that comes out of the revelation of Christ to John. For the sake of encouragement, the Lord directly communicates to the churches, signifying and demonstrating the plus and minuses of their witness, while at the same time giving them prophecy using current climate of persecution under Rome. The book of Revelation is miraculous, prophetic, encouragement, and highly spiritual, and hopefully, and hopeful, not only to those believers then, but for even us now and for all generations. That's the magnitude of the wonder of the book of Revelation. Okay, so let me see how much time I've gone and maybe I'll do a part two. Oh, yep, um, I could possibly do a part two. Let me see if I could have enough time to do a recap. Okay, so um, two things must happen first, according to Paul. Number one, Paul was responding to the Thessalonian church concerning some deception going around, stating that the, that the Christ had already come and Paul was telling them that there were two things that must come first before the coming of Christ and not to be troubled. The great apostasy must come first. Today we see great apostasy everywhere in the Western world, definitely. We see uh, the man of lawlessness, he says, must be revealed. This could be a man being revealed or an antichrist system, a beast system, globalism, secularism, collectivism. This is already in place and growing every day more and more nations and powers that have sat in the seat of ultimate authority which is where god should be among the nations does the apostasy the apostasy come because of the revealing of the lawless one or as a result of him or does it happen before he or it is revealed we don't know this right this is a you know this is a good question so according to this christ could come at any time because there has been evil antichrist systems killing Christians since the first century and hasn't ended. And apostasy has fluctuated on and off also throughout history, never more than in these last days, that's for sure. Okay, parallels to this prophecy are also found in Daniel. Okay, so let's, um, I'll pick it up again next time. I'll leave this as part one uh, of Revelation. The beast of Revelation is now and uh, we'll definitely pick it up afterwards for part two, okay? So thanks for joining me today. Until next time, check me out on truenews365.com. I'm on IG, on YouTube, on Facebook. And uh, share this if you care. And if you like this um, and you have any comments, by all means, you can find my message link on most of, if not all of my podcasts. Okay, until next time, God bless. Take care.
All right, this is part two of Revelation. Uh, the Beast of Revelation is now, uh, this is where I uh, compare um, the beast uh, that is spoken about in Revelation 13 with the Antichrist, um, which is mentioned by John. Okay, so uh, we know that um, Paul uh, talks about a man of lawlessness John speaks of a an antichrist and and then John speaks of a beast okay and we believe that he's referring to all three so let me recap real quick because this is part two and let's get right into it okay what I notice here is that while second Thessalonians speaks of a similar evil man slash system Revelation 13 sounds the same but makes it sound less like a man but a beast system or a monster Okay, while in Second Thessalonians, he sounds more like a man. Okay, and this is why I believe that you can't take the beast or the Antichrist exclusively to be a man. Um, you can, but you also have to take into consideration all those other things and those identifiers, right? Because scripture is foggy and elusive in its language. Describing it to be different, yet the same thing. Antichrist is a concept of false identity. It's a blasphemy. It's a false prophecy. It's an evil ruler. Uh, it's a denier of truth. It's a spirit. It's a beast. It's a power. It's a nation, right? It's very coded and it could be coded because this is how it was handed down to John from Christ. And then John being exiled in Patmos under the rulership of a beast system, which was Rome, had to carefully code his messages to the churches. He couldn't openly call Caesar Antichrist, but he could describe his rulership as a beast system. And this was familiar language to first century Jews because it was using prophetic language like that used in uh, Daniel, Ezekiel, and in Isaiah. And then people would have known what he was talking about. And then there's uh, now yet prophetic message that comes out of the revelation of the Christ to John. For the sake of encouragement, the Lord directly communicates to the churches, signifying and demonstrating the plus and the minuses in their witness while at the same time giving them prophecy using the current climate of persecution under Rome. The book of Revelation is miraculous, prophetic encouragement, and highly spiritual and hopeful to not only those believers then, but for even us now and for all generations. That's the magnitude of the wonder behind the book of Revelation, okay? So first he says two things must happen first, according to Paul. Paul was responding to the Thessalonian church concerning some deception going around saying that Christ had already come back. And Paul was telling them that there are things that must come first before the coming of Christ and not to be troubled. He said the great apostasy must come first. You know, now that I think about it, he has to say, well, this great apostasy has to come, but it has to come because of great numbers of people who come to Christ in the first place. Today we see great apostasy everywhere, but could we see a great apostasy back in those days, in the days of Paul? No, because that's when the church was still starting to grow, right? Today, there's a apostasy everywhere, especially here in the Western world. Uh, it's, it was out of uh, Jerusalem that it came from, and it ended up populating by the, the, the power of, of Rome. Helped a lot to do with the spreading of Christianity. But now the great apostasy in the in Europe is actually demonstrating the falling away. We see that now. Okay, uh, the man of lawlessness must be revealed. This could be a man uh, being revealed or an antichrist system, a beast system, um, a, a globalism, secularism, collectivism. This is already in place and growing every day more and more. Nations and powers that have sat in the seat of ultimate authority, which is where God should be among the nations. Because God, in uh, Paul spoke about, and uh, that the nations are responsible and accountable in Romans 13, uh, responsible to the authority of God. Okay, just like we all are. Okay, does the apostasy come because of the revealing of the lawless one, or the, uh, is it a result of him? Okay. I think that the apostasy probably comes first and it makes way for the man of sin. Okay. So, or does it happen before it, or is it because of this, that he is revealed? That's a good, very good question. You can go one way or the other with that, you know, um, and it'll be a really good speculation. So according to this, Christ could come back at any time, 
because there has been evil antichrist systems killing Christians since the first century and has never ended. Okay, and apostasy has fluctuated on and off throughout history, never more than in these days. Okay, so parallels to this prophecy are also found in Daniel. But if we break down verse by verse, verse we see that there's someone who's highly influenced by Satan himself who will come and sit among the temple of God. In the Old Testament, this would be seen as an actual temple building. But in the New Covenant, we see that Jesus is that temple. And we are that temple of God, the people of God. For we are, like the New Testament language says, a building being built and in Christ. Him being the cornerstone, remember? He told the Pharisees he would build this temple back in three days. And they didn't know what he was talking about. But the narrative of the scriptures makes it clear to the reader that he meant his body, but they didn't understand what he was saying. That's very spiritual, okay? So, for all those folks who aren't used to spirituality of the Bible and spiritual language when it comes to eschatology, and not only eschatology, spirituality is found, this language is, is seen throughout all the scripture in the Gospels and Paul's epistles, in the Old Testament, and of course in the book of Revelation. We have to get ready to see these things with spiritual eyes or else we can get lost in the symbolism um, that even in Paul's time this lawless one was being restrained by him with a capital letter the, the, it says it, it shows in the scriptures that the, the him that it's referring to the person who's restraining um, it has capital letters and again until he capital letter is he has moved out of the way this is most likely the Holy Spirit that's holding back this from happening in God's time. And of course, the writers of the text thought so also, and that's why they added the, the high caps. Of course, many scholars argue who the restrainer could be, but for me, it's clear that Jesus says he would send the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes to those, um, as in John 3, 3, and he's given and makes his appearance in the book of Acts. Um, uh, the... Um, the Holy Spirit moves over the waters in Genesis, and to me, the Holy Spirit, I see him as very mobile. Therefore, he is found wherever he is needed. Okay, I see mobility in the restrainer. And um, uh, it says that the Lord will eliminate him, the evil one, with the breath of his mouth, which sounds a lot like he'll destroy the dragon and the beast out of the book of Revelation. It's the same language. The mystery that is spoken of here is similar to the mysteries um, spoken of in Daniel in the Old Testament, a revealing of something. In Matthew, Jesus tells his disciples that the mystery of the kingdom of heaven is being revealed to them. Okay, so it was something that was that was fortunate for them. Uh, it was being revealed to them for the first time. So now let's look at Revelation chapter 13, where it exposes the beast um, slash the Antichrist. What is meant by beast, by the beast? Okay, the beast, it, you can see it as a world power, a kingdom, but it could also be a person who runs the world power. Okay, it could also be a person that runs that power. The image of the beast, what is meant by the image of the beast? Okay, that's a symbol that honors and demonstrates alliance with the beast system. This image will be used to designate loyalty to the beast system and ultimately Satan himself, but it'll also be on those who go along with the evil of those days and the system which Satan will run through his beast system. Okay, so um, we uh, we can believe that the beast can indeed be a man because we see in prophecy that the beast systems of the past were not only systems of power and control, but were also typically operated by an evil figure who was behind that system. And every beast system is run by evil humanity, which is then backed by satanic forces, ultimately, right? Okay, so what is meant by 666? Okay, this is an uh, uh, identifying marker of both a system and a man, which is a spiritual symbol representing mankind, and it will be distributed either spiritually and physically to all those who side with the man of sin, the man of lawlessness, the Antichrist, the beast, and the enemies of God or spirituality or spiritually only in the eyes of God. And this symbol will classify those on the earth who are enemies of God. Okay, so 
what is meant by the whore of Babylon, okay? The, the whore of Babylon, a, a world, this is, what's meant of this is, is a world deception in, in a lifestyle, okay? It's a, it's a distraction that separates people from God and enslaves them into the blindness of sin, okay? So after identifying some of these uh, key phrases found in prophecy, let's now read through Revelation 13. It's only 18 verses long, um, reading it out of the uh, New American Standard Bible, okay? The beast from the sea and the dragon stood in the sand of the seashore. Then I saw a beast coming up out of the sea, having ten horns and seven heads, and on his horns were ten crowns, and on his heads were blasphemous names, and the, and the beast that I saw was like a leopard, and his feet were like those of a bear, and the mouth of, mouth of a lion, and the dragon gave him power, and his throne and great authority. I saw one of of his heads as if it had been fatally wounded and his fatal wound was healed and the whole earth was amazed and followed after the beast they worshiped the and they worshiped the dragon because he gave authority to the beast and they worshiped the beast saying who is like the beast and who is able to wage war with him a mouth was given to him speaking arrogant words and blasphemies and authority to act for 42 months was given to him and he opened up his mouth and blasphemies against god and blaspheme his name and his tabernacle that is those who dwell in heaven it was also given to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them and authority was given to him over every tribe people language and nation all who live on the earth will worship him everyone whose name has not been written since the foundation of the world in the book of the lamb life of the lamb the book of life of the lamb who has been slaughtered if anyone has an ear let him hear if anyone is destined for captivity to captivity he goes if anyone kills with the sword that with the sword he must be killed here is the perseverance of the faith of the saints the beast from the earth. Then I saw, this is verse 11, another beast coming up out of the earth. And he had two horns like a lamb, and he spoke as a dragon. He exercises all the authority of the first beast in his presence. And he makes the earth and those who live on it worship the first beast. Those fatal wounds which was healed, he performed great signs so that he even makes fire come down out of the sky to the earth in the presence of the people and he deceives those who live on the earth because of the signs which was given to him to perform in the presence of the beast telling those who live on the earth to make an image of the be to the beast who had the wound of the sword and has come to life and it was given to him to give breath to the image of the beast so that the image of the beast would even speak and cause all who do not worship the image of the beast to be killed and he causes all the small and the great and rich and the poor and the free and the slaves to be given a mark on their right hands and on their foreheads and the decrease that no one will be able to buy or sell except the one who has the mark either either the name of the beast or the number of his name here is wisdom let him who is has understanding calculate the number of the beast for the number is that of a man and his number is 666 okay these are the things to note concerning revelation 13 and how these are the bullet points number one okay uh the first beast comes out of the sea okay number two the description of course there's a lot more in these bullet points but i can't get to all of these things because some of this stuff is so symbolic and it causes so much uh um so much um research and so much going back and forth into the old testament out of the old testament here and there all over the Bible. this this is just a a rough draft summary i must warn you okay but these are the things to note Th these are the things that pop out to me right quick okay the first beast comes out of the sea Number two, the description of this beast is very descriptive with prophecies found in the Old Testament. The bear, he's got feet like a beast, he's got a mouth like a lion, he's got the feet, like, all of the stuff that you get out of the Old Testament prophecies, right? I think it's in Daniel. Number three, the horns, the seven heads of crowns have to do with authority and strength and power. Number four, the beast has a fatal wound that was healed on one of its many heads. Not sure what that is, but it could be somewhere in the past. I think it's mentioned that it was by way of a sword and you know that the sword has to do with the word of god so it could be by way of the word of god that he was uh injured and fatally wounded okay once again speculating the past uh okay not sure that it could be somewhere in the past where it lost its power i would only speculate that perhaps that's where christ crushed its head 
with his heel as promised in Gen Gen uh, Genesis 3, but perhaps not being that it's now healed and recovered, maybe that's not the case. So I'll leave that alone for now. Number five, bullet point number five, I see here is verse four specifically states that this beast gets its power directly from Satan. So it's completely demonic and that the people of the earth will be worshipers of Satan himself because the beast gets his power directly from Satan. So whether they know it or not, they're impressed and at all with the beast because of its amazement and power comes from Satan. Okay, number six, a mouth was given to this beast to be extremely blasphemous directly to God and the heavenly host, all things holy. Number seven, this beast then is allowed to come after the saints on the earth. So while it's blaspheming God in heaven, it murders his, his people on the earth. Okay. He hates, they, either, the beast hates God so much that he's taking it out on his people. Number eight, a second beast comes out of the earth, unlike the first, which came out of the sea. I don't know what that means exactly, but I'm in the middle of this research. Eventually I will hopefully have an idea what that is, but notice that the physical characteristics are less imposing than the first. This one is only trying to look like a lamb, but it speaks like a dragon. How does a dragon speak? Has anyone ever spoken to a dragon? Highly symbolic. It's obviously, obviously saying that it's kind of like a wolf in sheep's clothing. I think that's what it's trying to communicate. One of the dragon's main characteristics is that he's a deceiver, a liar, a murderer. Okay. But a lamb is gentle. Okay. Um, the beast performs all of the evil of the first beast. And it keeps saying in the first beast presence. Okay. It's mentioned that like two or three times that all the things that it does, it does in its presence. And it's able to conduct war, to, to persecute its enemies, to wow the people and highly deceive the people because of this power. Okay. Number nine, the second beast gets uh, people to worship the first beast by getting them to create an image of the first beast. Okay. This second beast is associated and related to religion with religion and worship and deception and false prophecy. The religious aspect of this evil is second fiddle to the secularist entity of the first beast, but it utilizes religion and worship in order to fool the people. Today, there are scores of people who have joined into the lies of ecumenicalism to come together to find peace in the world when Christ himself said, in the world you'll have tribulation and the world can give you peace, but they want to come together with the world, I must add, in the world's pursuit of world peace as though that were attainable, not remembering that the world has other agendas. The, the Lord says, do not conform to the world, but these people are conforming to the world. Romans 12, uh, truth is not the agenda of the world. So if you team up with the world for the sake of anything, it's not going to be in line with the creator because it's the creator it hates above all things. But this is the foolishness for the backs of fools. And so their deception is coming and already is upon them to believe the lie so as to lead them down the pit. Okay, so I'm running out of time. Okay, let's continue a little forward. Uh, and just the other day, I was seeing a report on a number of large religious communities that made up of Jews, Christians, Muslims, and they, they were trying, they were active trying to gather for the world system people within their churches and denominations to follow the world's exploits and agendas for climate change agendas and rhetoric. Okay, the world preaches that the world is coming to an end because of climate change and these unbiblical religionists who hate God's word are demonstrating the hatred of God by following the beast system. Let's see. Reject God's word, but obey the beast's word. Okay. It's happening already, folks. Again, the beast system is here. We've seen it. It's in many phases and pers per, uh, persuasions. Um, you know, how interesting is that? Isn't that what we see today with regard to totalitarianism? It usually has an aspect of worship along with it. We see that with Stalin, Mao, North Korea today, and in history with Nebuchadnezzar and the Caesars in Rome. Okay. There's a, an aspect to religion and secularism, the rejection of God, but the application of religion. All right. So I'm going to end this here and this is part two, and I'm going to continue on with part three. Hope you join me for that one. Until next time, God bless.
All right. And keeping up with my uh, Beast System podcast series. This is now uh, episode number three. And I want to get right into it um, because um, it's so interesting and it's so amazing. I'm going through a study of eschatology and I'm going through Revelation bit by bit as, 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 as best as I can. And um, I'm ex exposing myself to this B system. And um, then I recognize, okay, so we have to kind of identify what the B system is and align it with what is spoken by the Apostle Paul, the Apostle John, the other apostles, the scriptures, how it comes together and identifying this this system, which is also possibly a man, a man, this is possibly a system. So trying to break it down. Okay. So let me continue on where I left off. Okay. Um, like I was saying, uh, that we see today people falling for the beast system. Uh, we see them falling for ecumenicalism. We see them siding with the world when the lord says do not conform to the world the world is in hostile enmity with god okay so how interesting is that isn't it that what we see today regarding totalitarianism um we see that in in many totalitarian governments there's an element of secularism but an element along with it of religion okay and so um Let's go to uh, verse 15. Where were we for 15? Um, so, yeah. So, if we go to, to or what we were reading. Uh, yeah, we were, we were reading um, Revelation. What is this? Yeah, Revelation 13. Revelation 13. So, let's look at um, verse. We're looking at. And in verse 15, it gets very freaky, okay? The image that's created is given power to speak and command that all Christians uh, be killed and all those who won't worship that image. So how that the demonic is that? And that's when some system will be in place that'll prevent people from buying and selling unless they're affiliated and are in open worship of that image of the first beast. And it's the second beast that makes all this happen by the power of Satan. Okay. And he's doing it for the first beast. He's kind of like a second fiddle. He's kind of like a, um, a side man. Okay. So it's a side man, but also a side system because it's a religious system along with a secular system, a system that hates God, but the side system opens it opens itself up for religious worship okay and we know that this is the direction of which certain powers in the past have wanted to lead us in we know it's capable of happening we know totalitarianism exists um we know all of this stuff can very well happen um we know evil of this magnitude exists. We know history teaches us about persecution, how people turn, turn on each other, like the French Revolution, how genocide works, the Holocaust of the Jews, the unborn in the, the unborn in the womb of over 90 million here in this nation. Okay? The capacity of the human heart, the history of chattel slavery. No, no one can truly argue against this. Okay? Human history is almost exclusively based on our evils and conquest and genocides and wars. And yet the world says sin doesn't exist. Okay. It says we're, it says we're genuinely good. Sorry about that. It says we're genuinely good. It says evil doesn't exist. Okay. The problem is not enough self-love. That's what it says, right? It's all rebellion towards God, but God's word is true. And every man... Okay, so I got a phone call, and I don't know where where I dropped, okay? Uh, let's see if I can continue. Like I said, it's all rebellion towards God, but God's word is true, and, and every man is a liar, okay? Let God's word be true, and every man a liar, okay? 
uh so yeah so i had to preach a little bit there for a minute okay so lastly we see that just like precedented in human history yet again there's a branding system enacted uh enacting the mark of the beast which brands the damned and those who refuse to be persecuted and and and, and all those who refuse to, to take the mark rather they will be persecuted and ultimately killed either by starvation because they can't buy or sell or outright beheaded we saw this in the jewish holocaust in, in europe we likened it to the id systems which were always being put in place as per precursors to what's ahead of us in the future they branded the jews as well they 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 marked them in numbers in order to categorize them to know where one was going and where they were going and all this stuff that evil is there it all of these things serve to open up our eyes note that the deception the the horror of babylon she rides on top of the beast system okay she rides on top of the beast system so you can say that this deception is carried along by the evil system or the kingdom of which those who are marked with 666 for destruction before god this is that final call come out of her my people okay this is what that means not to be fooled okay they're just getting all these notifications not to be fooled and snagged into the drunkenness of the world system of prosperity happiness false love false pride false peace sensualities okay greed the saints also have a mark given unto them by which they are classified as being of god that seal is the holy spirit of which is also on their heads it said in their right hands it's a spiritual marking so the 666 could very well also be a spiritual or a physical marking we have to leave that i have to leave that open the dragon gives the beast system its power revelation 13:2 and the dragon gave him his power and his throne and great authority the world worships the beast they worship this beast system and the dragon also because he gives power to the beast system in revelation 13:3 and the whole earth was amazed and followed after the beast okay they worship the dragon because he gave his authority to the beast so every time people worship evil they're worshiping satan throughout time we saw that in the new testament that what is always behind false religions and idols are always demons and lying spirits the beast system was given a mouth to blaspheme god and his people in heaven and allowed to destroy the saints on the earth and all tribes and nations of the world will be given over to this evil power the old testament evil nations and prophecies were likened to animals as symbols right there was uh in verse 5 we look at and they were given to him a mouth speaking arrogant words and blasphemies and authority to act for 42 months was given to him and he opened his mouth in blasphemies against god to blaspheme in his name and his tabernacle that is those who dwell in heaven right verse 7 it was also given to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them and authority over every tribe and people and tongue and nation was given to him this obviously sounds like a globalist entity very powerful all verse 8 all who dwell on the earth will worship him everyone whose name has not been written from the foundation of the world in the book of life of the lamb who has been slain okay so my puppy is in the background eating and slurping on some food please i pray that if you hear that please <laughs> disregard now that's revelation 13:5-8 notice once again that there are those who are elect and who already have their names written from the foundation of the world in the book of life okay so once again the false prophet will be another beast system from the earth and it looked like a lamb but spoke like a dragon now mind you the second beast is called the false prophet because he he leads in lies and religious lies right 
that's what has been classically understood okay well so um and he'll be like the first beast but make sure the world worships the first beast that's his that's his job okay sort of like a false holy spirit of god right okay you know he points people to christ you know he points the holy spirit points people to christ and so the false prophet points people to the first beast okay revelation 13 11 through 12 then i saw another beast coming out of the earth and he had two horns like a lamb and spoke as a dragon he exercised all the authority in the first beast um he exercised all the authority of the first beast in his presence so you guess see it says it again and he makes the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast kind of like the lord had his forerunner john the baptist right um the second beast the false prophet will be very deceptive doing wonders and perform great signs which helps to see people causing fire to come down which could mean war or religious manifestations but he then fools men into convincing them into creating an image of the first beast by which the people are to worship the first beast and if not they can't buy or sell and will be persecuted and put to death the people will be marked okay revelation 13 14 through 18 telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image to the beast who had the wound of the sword and has come to life and it was given to him to give breath to the image of the beast so that the image of the beast would even speak and cause as many as do not worship the image of the beast to be killed what kind of image is this we're thinking maybe some kind of ai or something like that or who knows um and he causes all the small and the great and the rich and the poor and the free and the men and the slaves to be given a mark on the right hand or on their forehead you see um that could obviously mean in their minds given over and in their uh their their hands meaning of what they do they're living because we know that what the beast what the evil wants to do is he wants to take your mind and he wants to take your 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 living your your ability to live take he takes it away because they're no longer able to buy or sell we're talking children families starving okay uh, that's how dark and bleak and disgusting those days will be and he provides that no one will be able to buy or sell except to those who have the mark either the name of the beast or the number of his name here's wisdom let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast the beast is a number for the number is that of a man and his number is 666 okay so uh that we've seen many times before that uh is another thing that i will come back to because that has been discussed and debated for hundreds of years itself what exactly is that um it could be meaning the number of a man representing by the uh the number six uh, 66 but since we don't see it anywhere else in scripture at least to my knowledge um that's why it doesn't lend itself to much strength in interpretation uh, and it stays as a mystery um but nevertheless it's fun to try to figure that one out note that the only indicator of the of the beast being a man in the in the association that we have with the word antichrist which john says many are already on the earth in his day the other association we have okay i gotta pause this dog is losing control okay so the other association we have with the antichrist being the beast is when the beast is associated with a man he's mentioned as he and at the end of the chapter it said that the image of the beast is of a number of a man okay so the 666 is the number of a man what exactly is that it's is, is it spiritual or hidden in some code known by the apostle john for those he was coding his message to the churches while 777 is the number of godly or rather seven is the number of godly perfection numbers are used as symbols throughout scripture if we remember at the beginning of the chapter we see the dragon which itself is a symbol of satan the beast comes out of the sea which is symbolic for something because we know 
that the second beast comes out of the earth. Okay? And it says that this beast has a bunch of more symbolic details to him. And the beast which I saw was like a leopard and his feet was like those of a bear and his mouth was like that of a lion. So numbers are symbolic and animals are symbolic. But because it refers to him, it refers to it as him. We're thinking it's a man and it could very well be a man, but it's more likely to be a kingdom, a rulership, a power, a global system that represents man in totality, as in the number identifying mankind. Okay, but then, like I said before, every evil system we've seen on the earth has always been led by a man. Okay, however, the only the other exception I have to that is the fact that in a globalist system, there could be a beast system which runs via a confederacy of nations, which could represent some of those horns or some of those crowns that we saw on the beast. Whereby this is why the first beast has a number of symbols upon its head representing its authority with the crowns and the horns and the heads etc honestly i think that if we're in the last days and based on what we're seeing today in our generation it could be argued that we are indeed in the last days right before the return of christ what we're seeing is a growing globalist system which happens to also be extremely antichrist which happens to be extremely collectivist which happens to be extremely globalist as in the tower of babel the powers of the world today are secular secularism which means without god or not not you know uh, directly but it's human centered human autonomy human philosophy and where we see secularism right beside it we often see attributes of religion in the history of secular humanism in the 1930s we first uh, the first writers of the humanist Manif manifesto thought of the tenets of secularism as a religious documents which cut down the works of god the miracles and just wanted to accept the humanistic principles of togetherness kumbayaness humanistic kindness equity empathy communal humanistic empowerment right um, in north korea we see the them worshiping their leader in china they worship their leader and put up his picture in in the homes to show him as grander than in everything and everyone else the statues of Stalin and Mao in the 20th century, narcissistic totalitarians are all over the place. And that's the psychology of evil secularism that must bring down God's rulership just to make room for one centralized leader. If it's not the state that's being worshipped, it's the microcosm of the individual. Isn't that what atheism is? The worship of self, whether they know it or not? For them, it's all about autonomy and killing God getting him out of the way and we're in the beast system we have been for a long time now while the world is in the beast system those who will forever get in the way are in christ the beast system has been collecting power more and more and more and more and soon it'll be big enough to encompass exactly what we see in revelation 13 and the restrainer will be moved out of the way and we'll and will let and soon will all be in the presence of the holiness of God. Okay? And I leave you with this amazing scripture, 1 John 3, 3, And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. Okay? So I had a, a rocky road to try to get this podcast out. I had a number of uh, background noises. Hopefully I'll review it and I'll keep this. If not, I'll have to re-record it. Um, you'll forgive me for the unprofessionalism, but it is what it is. And, um, I am happy to be able to bring this out though, regardless. Okay. So thank you for joining me. This, uh, concludes my, um, third episode of the beast system. Um, a revelation, a comparison between revelation 13 and second Thessalonians, uh, chapter two. Um, it's very, very interesting. I will, I will continue in my eschatology training and uh, will be pointing out, because I think overall eschatology is, over, is, is so inclusive of this beast system and the last days. This is the dark side of eschatology and the light side is the hope that Christ has saved us and is going to rescue humanity 
and there will be a culmination of all this evil uh, coming soon. Okay, so again, be encouraged because the book of Revelation is a book of encouragement. It's a book of the 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 ending of the love story, and the Lord says that we are more than conquerors in Him, who He Himself conquered. Right, so. Um, you know, encourage one another with these words. Thanks for joining me. Until next time, True News. Check out True News, uh, True News 365.com and uh, share if you care. Until next time, God bless you. Thanks again for listening to True News 365. Check out truenews365.com for more podcasts, blogs, resources, commentary. Check me out on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Telegram. And until next time, let's keep the faith moving forward and ignite the power of truth with the word of God to our neighbors and the rest of the world in Christ's name. God bless.